War and Peace, Book Six, Chapter Seventeen, read for LibriVox.org by Eva Harnick. After Prince Andrew, Boris came up to ask Natasha for dance, and then the aide-de-camp, who had opened the ball, and several other young men so that flushed and happy and passing on her superfluous partners to sonya she did not cease dancing all the evening she noticed and saw nothing of what occupied everyone else not only did she fail to notice that the emperor talked a long time with the french ambassador and how particularly gracious he was to a certain lady or that prince so-and-so and so-and-so did and said this and that and that helene had great success and was honoured by the special attention of so-and-so but she did not even see the emperor and only noticed that he had gone because the ball became livelier after his departure for one of the merry cotillions before supper prince andrew was again her partner he reminded her of their first encounter in the Otradno Avenue, and how she had been unable to sleep that moonlight night, and told her how he had involuntarily overheard her. Natasha blushed at that recollection, and tried to excuse herself, as if there had been something to be ashamed of in what Prince Andrew had overheard like all men who have grown up in society prince andrew liked meeting someone there not of the conventional society stamp and such was natasha with her surprise her delight her shyness and even her mistakes in speaking french with her he behaved with special care and tenderness sitting beside her and talking of the simplest and most unimportant matters he admired her shy grace in the middle of the cotillion having completed one of the figures natasha still out of breath was returning to her seat when another dancer chose her she was tired and panting and evidently sort of declining but immediately put her hand gaily on the man's shoulder smiling at prince andrew i would be glad to sit beside you and rest i am tired but you see how they keep asking me and i'm glad of it i am happy and i love everybody and you and i understand it all and much much more was said in her smile when her partner left her Natasha ran across the room to choose two ladies for the figure. If she goes to her cousin first, and then to another lady, she will be my wife, said Prince Andrew to himself, quite to his own surprise, as he watched her. She did go first to her cousin. What rubbish sometimes enters one's head, thought Prince Andrew, but what is certain is that that girl is so charming, so original, that she won't be dancing here a month before she will be married. Such as she are rare here. 
he thought as natasha readjusting a rose that was slipping on her bodice settled herself beside him when the cotillion was over the old count in his blue coat came up to the dancers he invited prince andrew to come and see them and asked his daughter whether she was enjoying herself natasha didn't answer at once but only looked up with a smile that said reproachfully how can you ask such a question i have never enjoyed myself so much before she said and prince andrew noticed how her thin arms rose quickly as if to embrace her father and instantly dropped again natasha was happier than she had ever been in her life she was at that height of bliss when one becomes completely kind and good and does not believe in the possibility of evil unhappiness or sorrow at that ball pierre for the first time felt humiliated by the position his wife occupied in court circles he was gloomy and absent-minded a deep furrow ran across his forehead and standing by a window he stared over his spectacles seeing no one on her way to supper natasha passed him pierre's gloomy unhappy look struck her she stopped in front of him she wished to help him to bestow on him the superabundance of her own happiness how delightful it is count said she isn't it pierre smiled absent-mindedly evidently not grasping what she said yes i'm very glad he said how can people be dissatisfied with anything thought natasha especially such a capital fellow as bezukhov in natasha's eyes all the people at the ball alike were good kind and splendid people loving one another none of them capable of injuring another and so they ought all to be happy end of chapter 17 recording by eva harnick pontevedra florida